0: Welcome back to the Bigger Hunters podcast, your host, Hunter Deidle. At first, I was going to say I apologize, but I really don't. I think a lot of times uh, people talk about priorities, but uh, my priority is my family, Um, one of my top priorities. And the last six or eight weeks that I haven't released a podcast is due to the fact that my wife and I had uh, Ava Lee Deidle, born November 7th. Uh, It's been an adjustment to become a father, but it's one of the most exciting journeys that i've started and i can't look to or can't wait to see the future of our journey especially getting her in the outdoors and me teaching her the uh the value of being a conservationist and the value of what animals bring to um just our ecosystem as well as uh meat for our families and help her to appreciate the, the nature and the outdoors so i can't wait for that um it's been, it's been a wild ride. It's been uh, totally different than anything else I've experienced. So I, uh, yeah, but uh, no sponsor today. Just want to kind of say that I am working on getting back on the bandwagon. I would like to put one out uh, once a week, and I think Jeremy and I are going to do our best to make that a priority, make that happen. Um, so can't wait for it. Today's episode is brought to you um, by Matt at High Prairie Sportsman. Uh, great guy he's been on the podcast before we're going to be talking about husker football because a lot of things have happened and uh, i was kind of excited about talking about it so we we cut one so uh, let's go ahead and jump in the podcast Welcome back to the Bigger and Hunters podcast. It's your host, Hunter Dydel, and my co
1: host, Jami. I get to see Hunter in the flesh for like one of the few times since November 7th. Yep. The old four hours
0: of sleep, gang. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will say, the old wife, we're finally getting a little bit more smooth in it. transitioned. Got to go on a couple of goose hunts. Jeremy's too busy shooting ducks out west because. He's too cool for school.
1: Okay, I literally had a trip planned that weekend for a month. I told Joe I'd help him shoot a deer. We did that. I just happened to go out and get the opportunity after he did that and hunt ducks. But the most depressing part of that day, the most depressing part, is that our guest today happened to be in the area, and he didn't even wait for me to say hi to him. Um, Matt, what do you got to say about that? Um, Hey, man. I was a little disappointed. uh,
2: (laughs) Yeah, I ran ran into uh, Westside Jared there. Um, But, yeah, we we got set up. I I took my buddy. He'd never shot a big duck. He'd only gone teal hunting 17 years ago. So my goal was to get him on a big deck. Um, So, yeah, we, we sat in one spot for the morning, and we packed up and drove, like, I don't know, an hour away and tried another spot we ended up getting him a bufflehead, a ten canvasback, and a mallard drake. So it was a good you
1: day. Know. You know what's funny is while we were, uh, that morning, um, like five minutes after shooting light, I'm pretty sure we saw that canvas back um, fly right by us. Uh, was
2: it in a flock
1: of scalp? Actually, no, it was by itself. We just looked up Uh-oh. and, like, I've never shot a can, so I'm really bad at identifying them, but I knew it looked like a diver. And it was still, it was still like, it was right at shooting light. And Jared just goes, oh, canvas back, 100%. I was like, oh, I wish I'd shot it, but <laughs> it, it is what it is. Dude, the scop down there were thick. Yeah. Like, Problem
2: thick. Yeah, you can't, and you can only shoot one. Yeah, so. no, it was, uh,
1: <laughs> I actually scared uh, Jared half to death because I shot, I shot a Drake, That was my first bird of the morning. And then I ended up shooting a green wing later in the morning. And it came in so fast, he didn't see it well. After I shot it, he goes, I'm pretty sure that was a a scop. And I was like, you're lying to me, right? But I don't know. I'm good at at identifying those green wings. I just picking out their heads for some reason. I'm good at it. So I was pretty sure I was good. Yeah. Yep. But it doesn't mean it didn't
0: scare me. <laughs> yeah. It's always that moment where you're just like you're
1: confident, but then you're thinking you're like, oh shoot. Yeah, like, like uh, I watched him go out to pick it up, and the whole time I was like, oh please, oh please, oh please, oh please. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we had a good time back here.
0: Jeremy missed out. We shot uh, what twenty nine that one day. Yeah, that was that
1: was a good time. I knew you guys would kill him, but I I promised joe i would help him try and kill his, young, his parents property like
0: it was funny so we were playing i think we were playing on going out the day before and you were just playing on leaving and uh you're like oh yeah like i wish i could stay and like i'm but i promised my buddy but i'd like to stay and like well we're we didn't end up going out and you're like really are you serious yeah and then it made a little better but oh, well but all right matt Go ahead and actually, I don't think we had you shout your stuff out. How about we start with that? Go ahead and shout your stuff out, so that way people know where to find you.
2: Okay, yeah. Uh, So I I run the YouTube channel, High Prairie Sportsman, also Facebook and TikTok and Instagram, all under the same name. Um, And you can check out our podcast on the Fowl Front Podcast. I'm a co-host with Thomas from Hoke Outdoors. So we do maybe once a month.
0: (laughs) I'm surprised you haven't been canceled off of TikTok yet.
2: Uh yeah, you got to be super selective what you post on there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's
0: why I never did it cuz I at first I wanted to and then I saw how bad and like
1: how bad they were getting about it and I was like, eh, "Never mind." I think I'm going to do it, but actually what I <laughs> it's so bad, but what I want to do is I I can't stand people that complain about like the ways that people hunt like for instance, <laughs> take like because I love deer hunting so much. People that complain about shooting big deer versus small deer. I just want to be like, everybody go have a good time. Like, right. do what you need to do. It makes you happy. Like, Well, there, okay, so I got two things. One,
0: I think Matt and I talked about it, but I posted something about how, something similar to that about a meme yeah, about, like, all, you know, older hunters like, why no, nobody hunts. But then they, you know, harass mm-hmm. about everything. And then that day, not like an hour later, yep someone was getting harassed on, was it, Nebraska bragging board mm-hmm. or whatever.
1: You know, it's funny. It's, like, it's funny how that works. That guy was asking about coyote hunting in McCook. Yep. And I, that's where we were on Friday, and I actually almost jumped in there and was like, I'm pretty sure I could tell you somebody who would let you hunt their land for coyotes. Yeah. Like, <laughs>
0: okay, okay but,
1: it's one thing it was waterfowl,
0: maybe deer hunting, but, like, it's coyotes. Everybody wants to kill them, well, and either, nobody
1: does. Even then, don't get me wrong, like, it is annoying, but... You can give pointers, yeah. Still, with without just being totally.
0: Either way, that's probably another subject to talk about. Yeah. Let's talk to them in a podcast. Maybe that's our third one. Okay, so uh, let's get back on topic here.
1: I will. I will do this. Congrats, Matt! You just hit forty thousand on uh, YouTube. Congrats! Saw Thank that. you. That was awesome. Oh, that's you what jumped I was... really fast too. You were like at thirty at the beginning of the season, right? Twenty. Twenty. Oh my gosh! You've gained twenty thousand. This season,
2: yeah, I was, oh, was wow. just—I think it was like January second. I hit twenty k because it was like a week after Jordan did.
1: Yeah, I, <laughs> remember, I remember that. That's
0: that's why uh, you know, you know, when you shoot limits of greenheads every time you hunt, then that tends uh, to happen. You know,
2: <laughs> I don't know about every time, but still it's waiting. Been a good year.
1: Still waiting for you to call me up so I can pull that sled for you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, so the other one I was going to talk about was the one where you were... Uh, what is it? Like the the guy that has the Sith. The, oh, Death. Death is like walking through certain Uh-oh. doors, like killing people, and you're yeah. going through all the YouTube accounts. And I think... Yeah. Well, who is the last one that you have to you have to beat now? Was it Mid-Valley, yeah. Mid-Valley?
2: No, it's probably... Mid- uh, Mid-Valley and Hoke are both and Outdoor Limits. They're all ahead of uh, me.
0: That was the one. And then somebody posted something about... Death uh beating on your door for engagement, you know. Engagement <laughs> yeah. was beating on your door. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> All right. Be, getting off topic. <laughs> <be>. <laughs> so today, listeners, we're gonna be talking about Husker football, because you know that I'm passionate. I post a few things about rule, said some things that I do not regret. But uh <laughs> Jerry, oh my but today we're gonna be talking about Husker football. Last time we talked, Frost was fired. We suck. We're looking for a new coach. Now we have a new coach. We suck. And and Mickey is now strangled his wife. So, yeah, that was crazy. Few things here. One that drove me like, and Matt and I think I think you and I talked about this, but I got frustrated with the morality conversation between people about Urban Meyer and how you know he's had his past, and I get that, but like, and I think Jeremy and I had that conversation too. But it's like, okay, everyone's got their downfall. And then, you know, head coaches really don't have that much touch, like, player to player. Like, they have some key guys they talk to a lot. But for the most part, it's, like, your player coaches that are talking to your players. And so the morality conversation just never sat well with me. And then the whole thing with Mickey played out. Yeah. It's just, like, what, what do you expect? Like, no offense. Yeah. So let's jump this off. I'm going to ask you just flat out, what's your opinion on Rule?
2: Cautiously optimistic. That's the Thank approach I've you. been taking. Thank
0: yeah. you. Don't listen to Jeremy's optimism. <laughs> We're sitting there and it's like it's okay. It's you, basically raining, sleeting, it's like 420, it's blowing, nothing has gotten up at this point, and he's still over there like okay. Yeah,
1: they're gonna come out. You, but you said, Jeremy, where's your optimism? And then I stood <laughs> up and flagged 20 geese in, so you can you can eat it. <laughs> But he lost his phone,
0: so I did. So (laughs) it got him back. (laughs) But okay, you're you're optimistic. What bring like? What is what about rule? Are you optimistic about?
2: Well, I mean, so before he was even hired, you know, just going through all the coaching candidates and stuff, he was. I want to say he was my top choice, but he was he was up there. Um, I really like the main thing is his development. If you look mm. at his past in college, each year they, the teams would get better. The first year they uh, he kind of cratered them, tore them down to the studs, and built them back up. Yeah. Um, and that's something Nebraska has lacked: is a developer as a coach. Mm. Bo didn't do it. Riley didn't do it. Frost sure didn't do it. No. I mean, it. So if if he can actually do that, that's that's already a step in the right direction compared to what we've had since at least Solage, if not before. Um, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. What about Callahan? Oh,
2: Callahan. Callahan was a good recruiter, but not not yeah, that wait. great of a
0: developer. I don't
2: think he was a good coach either. Just, oh, a good don't. This
0: but... is an argument <laughs> to not be had right now. <laughs> oh, we're, you were... If I say, okay, <clears throat> Matt, if there's one coach in all of our time frames since Solage, which which one would have you have rather have kept other than the others?
2: would I have rather kept? Yeah. Are we keeping, are we including Fellini in this then? Yeah. Like
0: everybody since T.O., uh, who, who would you have picked as coach?
2: I would probably go, I mean, Fellini first, Callahan second.
0: See, my debate is, Fellini was only good because of Callahan's recruiting.
1: Cap. He was there, no. Yep.
0: No. Exactly. Well,
1: Polini got a lot of help because we were still in the Big 12, I'll give you that, and we had he, a lot yes. of Texas recruiting, but <laughs> I uh... Polini built his team, specifically his defense to
2: compete in the Big 12. Yes. When we as soon as we went to the Big 10, he got exposed by mm-hmm. well, Wisconsin pretty much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Cuz well, we uh, yeah, exactly, He by
0: like 200 yards of rushing
1: 200? They really? ran for almost 400. <laughs> like, they ran all yeah, over one, us. One guy. Was yeah. that Melvin Gordon? Yeah, and then uh, uh, something white was the other one. Yeah, Melvin Gordon is back. James White. James White, yeah. They literally... Ah, man, I will say, there's a few games in the Nebraska history that I have literally screamed and probably shed a few tears watching that game. That was that game. <laughs> I, I was... <laughs> I, and a lot of my... Family and friends, they know how big of a Husker fan I am, so they're just trying to like let me down easy. That doesn't make it better. Please just quit talking to me.
0: (laughs) It's not that bad. They've rushed for three hundred yards.
1: They dropped (laughs) (laughs) what they dropped, seventy points on us? It was ridiculous. I don't don't remember how many points. Yeah, it's like seventy to thirty one. Yeah. I mean uh, uh,
2: so I like I like that he was a developer and he especially focuses on line play on both sides of the mm-hmm. ball something that we have also sorely been missing in the last 5 years so yeah. specifically, well the o line hasn't been good for before that even but yeah. it's just been going getting worse and worse each year so if he can build up the o line and the d line and develop other guys you know we're going to be just fine yeah
0: yeah mm-hmm. I, mean, I i i like those aspects to him I like the aspects of, I don't, I just, it's hard for me because I, I want to be optimistic and I want to be excited about him. And to an extent, I am because he's one, I mean, he's one point of everything, but I do, I've looked through a lot of his, his coaches that he's hired so far, like Scatterfield out South Carolina is really good. The only thing that kind of worries me about him, I like the strength that, Conditioning coach and I, I really like the defensive coordinator um, But what concerns me is like all of those guys are like Carolina Panthers guys that basically all got fired with
1: him and it's kind of like a Scott for us 2.0 see, We've had this conversation though like I, I, my problem with the whole Carolina situation is man, Rules set up to fail there. You can't expect to win football games with Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield Now, don't get me wrong, it is not amusing to see that the Panthers are doing better now that he's gone. But, yeah. (laughs) And I I don't care about his NFL career. I mean, you
2: look at all the college coaches, there's very few that excel in the pros. Urban Meyer, Steve
1: Spurrier, uh, Pete Carroll. Even Saban didn't do well in the
2: the, exactly, Nick like, Saban, probably yeah. arguably the greatest college football coach of all time, and or one of them.
1: You've even got Chip Kelly from UCLA now. I mean, as soon as he left Oregon, I mean, he had one good year with the Eagles, but just never could do it. I yeah. see that is that's my route. I'm trying to look at his college stuff, not his NFL stuff. Now, I will say the one argument I had against Urban Meyer was I thought his year in Jacksonville literally lost him all credibility, but. Yeah. See, I was,
2: my my thing about Urban was not about Jacksonville or anything, but just he's been out of the game, you know. He hasn't, yeah. With so much has changed with the transfer portal and the NIL deals going on now that could he still do that? The well, players have more power now, yeah. even in college.
1: And the other thing about Urban Meyer, I mean, he could be there for two years and be like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, he's done that three times now. Yeah, um, yeah he has health issues. Yeah but
0: yeah oh the one that I was thinking of was Tony White and Tony White came from Syracuse and even in the last season they went from like 100 like somewhere in the hundreds in terms of defense up to like somewhere in the teens I think it was 13 or 14 as I saw so like if he's what or if he's able to turn around a defense that fast which I mean Syracuse and ACC it's different but Still, if he's just even able to get us somewhere back to like mediocre,
2: that would be great. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he runs a three three five, which you know, I wasn't wasn't very familiar with, but I did some more research on it and it's supposed to take advantage of now well, I'm trying to <laughs> piece together exactly what it is, but it's supposed to take advantage of if you don't have like all the pieces on your defense. Like it, it takes advantage of speedy guys so you can just recruit raw speed more so from what i understand um so it sounds like you know defense probably gonna be flying around maybe blitzing a little more which (laughs) we'll definitely take that too um but yeah i'm excited to see what it does i mean you can look at his syracuse defenses year over year and they just
1: improved each year so and see that i I like that higher too yeah i just want to No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Maybe no. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. (laughs) No. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. (laughs) No. I agree with that, but that's like also the same. Like when it comes to the head coaching aspect from rule, that's the same thing I've been saying with Hunter every time we talk about this. Is just the fact that, like, I mean, he took two teams from nothing to at least. It's bad that I just want to see us in a bowl game again. <laughs> Hunter I just, wants to see us compete for national championships, which I no, do. I I, I do. don't foresee that happening for five years. But oh, if well, if Rule's the coach, <laughs> it, I think we, especially with the new bracket changing, if Rule's going to be our coach, I'm going to guess. Unfortunately, the university is going to expect us to be in that twelve slot position in three years.
0: Ugh. No, I'm talking like... That's what
1: they're going to expect. I'm
0: saying like first three years win the Big Ten West, right? I Mm. think that's very doable because Big Ten West sucks. Now USC and UCLA are going to make it a little more difficult, but okay. But they're
1: going to help with the recruiting. We're going to get that California base.
0: I don't know. I really struggle with that. I struggle with... Because here's one of my issues, and one of the biggest issues that I felt like Scott Frost has was he would get so many players in and they would transfer out. Why? Because most of his... His base that he would recruit to was Florida and down south. These guys come up here, they get freaking cold, they don't like it, they they go, they leave, they go back home.
1: Well, it's also the same reason we lost Texas when we went to the Big Ten. It's not just that; it's also the fact that you're not playing any of the team. Like, well, if you came up to Nebraska, but you got to play Texas, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, you got to go back home, and your parents got to come watch games yeah. and you got to be closer to home for a couple games.
0: I just, I, I feel like somebody from UCLA or in the LA area would be such a culture shock coming here. I just don't know that that would be, I don't know how that'd play out. Not to say it won't, but I'm just saying it's different.
1: My big thing, like when you talk about Scott Frost and rule with that kind of stuff too, is the big thing that I'm going to appreciate about rule. And you can tell, and Matt was saying this, you can tell just from the way he's built his teams Scott Frost became very obvious. Scott Frost just looked at talent and probably didn't look at work ethic. I have to imagine Rule's probably looking more at work ethic and potential versus yeah. just raw talent um, well, and then taking and developing them.
2: Frost didn't help himself with his uh, strength coordinator either. Duvall was absolute garbage. Yeah. He, he used an outdated system. And you could tell it every Saturday. Well,
0: like he, oh. he seemed like he was completely built out of speed and athleticism. Mm-hmm. He never really built a base of strength.
2: Well, see, he would—he would bulk. They would bulk them too high to the point where they lost that speed. Yeah, that's like that's why our lines just look so slow. And by the fourth quarter, you know, they had hands on their hips because they're worn out. Yeah,
0: it just I. I will say, I'm hoping that they uh, they go ahead with some strength machines. I put together a whole, like, so they're going to do new weight machines, and I put together, like, the whole controls package for all these new weight machines. And then once Frost got fired, I just, all my work went katooey. So, thanks, UNL. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was going to be able to say, like, oh, they suck because of me but no. no, I can't say that. <laughs> no, <geez. laughs> no, I don't know. It might come to life, but I, that's the other, a big plus. And I, I always say that when they were going to hire the new coach, like they really have a lot of things going for them and rule does now. It's like, you've got a whole new training facility that's being built. You have a whole new part of the stadium they're building, which are also talking about doing some other stuff. Um, and they're, I think they're upgrading the whole Wi-Fi system. Unless I talk to the guys on there, they
2: need to. That was bad. It's bad. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh. So they're talking about doing that. I mean, at the NIL, I think that Matt Davidson taking on the NIL one of them, and then the P the Peds family doing one. I think that's going to be tremendous help on the NIL situation, which is going to bring players here for the money. Yeah. I mean, the Peds family. They like to, they're very gracious, (laughs) but I will say, I did this is a rumor, don't anybody quote me to this, but there's a gentleman that owns a very large corporation in Lincoln, and it was said that he called up, he called him up and said, here's 7.5 million if you fire Frost now, and that was the reason why Frost got fired.
2: Well, yeah, he... He should have been fired the year before, let's be honest here. Oh, but yeah. the, 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 all the politics behind the scenes with the boosters is just, I mean, it'd be crazy to know just exactly what happens. Not even at Nebraska, but, like, all of them. I mean, like, Auburn, their boosters are just as, basically all boosters are crazy. But I think
0: <laughs> I'd like to know the rumors flying around with Ohio State because there was a lot of uh, grumpiness
1: when they lost to Michigan again about, like. Yeah, they were talking about getting rid of. I was uh, like. Huh? Yeah, no, I I have to they're, imagine there just is a couple fans that really just started something. Like, yeah, that, that fan base is delusional
2: if they want to fire um, Ryan Day after two losses to Michigan, and that's it.
1: Well, I and mean, playoffs too. <laughs> and Ohio State, yeah. like, they've always been very loyal to their coaches. I mean, yeah. it, it, the chances of Ryan Day getting fired <laughs> or even better like the ones that I've or the one that I've
0: seen the most get pillaged this season that I feel bad for is Brent Venables of Oklahoma oh my gosh everybody and their dog is went after that guy because of the season they've had I, like they took they I remember when they were playing us like the reporter man he had a hard on for that guy it's like, oh, their defense looks amazing. They're playing great. That was their last good game of the season. And then they too. played Texas <laughs> and just got smushed. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone was just like, oh, he's terrible. Like he sucks. Like it's his first season. <laughs> My God. And then who's the coach before him that went to USC? Riley Lincoln Riley Lincoln Riley like basically pillaged and took all of the good players to USC. Yeah. Like, hey, let's let's go to Los Angeles and get your party on. I
1: unfortunately think that whole situation is going to make Oklahoma a little bit of a wasteland for a few years. A lot of there's a lot of kids leaving Oklahoma right now. Yeah, um, because of the year they had. I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm totally all for yeah. it. <laughs> <I can't wait laughs> I'm it. all for it. I just it. wish it would have happened sooner so we could beat them one more time. But right. <laughs> all right. So
0: uh, so Matt, I okay. I'm going to frame this. I think the best thing that we could have done was keep Dominic Raiola. And I think the reason why we kept him is for his nephew. What do you think?
2: I mean, it definitely doesn't hurt. (laughs) Uh, All the, now, and I'm speaking just rumors here, so I can't substantiate this, but it's somewhat verified by media is, uh, you know, he didn't like Ross mainly because uh, Ross tried to Zoom call him on his recruiting visit, but he, cause he was supposed to show up. They had all these fans, you know, friends and family is the rumor. And Frost was, uh, under the weather, I guess we'll say. <laughs> and he so
1: drunk and yeah. was an idiot. <laughs> hey,
2: I, I wasn't going to say it, but messing you know, around that, at the that,
1: bar with, uh, that,
2: that, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the rumor. So the, the, I guess he didn't really care for Frost. And once Frost was out of the picture, He was looking back to Nebraska, so maybe we didn't need him, but it definitely doesn't hurt to have his uncle here, too. Yeah. So, and he's a five-star recruit. Um, I think he's a 1.000 rating, which is only, like, five other players. Uh, I think Vince Young, he had one. Arch Manning is another. Uh, He might have got downgraded, but... Yeah, he would definitely be the highest-rated recruit in Nebraska football history if he commits here.
0: Well, it, it's, let's just say, I think that was, I. you know, looking back, I you hear stories about Frost and all the stuff that went on, and it's just like you shake your head at it, and you're like, I'm surprised, but I'm also not surprised at all because like some of the stuff you heard him in his like party days when he he played here but you thought he would have gotten over that eventually and especially when he came here to be the head coach but it just some it just sounded like he started here and then it just gotten worse just because the more money and the like the political power he thought he had over people just because he was the football coach here
2: I think he just had too many buddies in the athletic department and around him, you know, Matt Davidson and him were pretty good buddies. Um, so it, it's easy to fall back into that. Like, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm the top dog around here. Um, I can do what I want and, you know, good old boy, just kind of college round two mindset, wow. which is unfortunate because I think everyone wanted him to work out. and just been it.
0: Well, that's the thing is I, uh, <laughs> it was funny how quickly Matt Davison <laughs> disappeared after Scott Frost got fired. It's like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he gone. Which I think the ni the nil think I think is probably the best best case scenario for him because he can still have you know some some positive uh reinforcement. But the one that I wanted to bring up was the one that just happened this like last week. Mason Goldman. Uh, out of Gretna actually so Nebraska boy he's an outside lineman um, but he so it's kind of a he said she said kind of thing but so my mother-in-law knows that she works with her mother and so you know ladies talk it's Nebraska <laughs> and apparently like Frost never even tried to come talk to him like Maybe I think he said he called him once, but like this kid, Nebraska kid, three star, you know, there's a lot of three stars that have the potential of being great. You know, they they might have the size, but they might need a couple of years of development, but could end up being phenomenal athletes for a school. He'd only called them once. And this kid wanted to go to Nebraska. He, you know, there's a lot of Nebraska oh, yeah. kids that live and breathe in Nebraska <laughs> football. And want to play here. But if they don't get any attention, like, what do you expect? You know?
2: Yeah. No, that's, that's nothing new. I mean, there's in the past week, I think rules got nine or 10 commits or tra- slash transfers coming in already. Yeah. Some of them from Nebraska and like there's high school coaches on the record. I mean, you can go look this up. Like this is the first time we've seen a, a the head football coach show up or even a, you know, assistant coach show up to our high school and, ten years. And that's that's yeah. not just Frost. That's Riley. That's I mean, I think Colini did a decent job at recruiting locally, but Riley and Frost both just whiffed, whipped heavily. And Frost wasn't too well liked in Omaha from what I understand either.
0: I don't I'm so kind of surprised by that, but I mean, yes I, and no.
1: I heard a lot of rumors floating around that he just Especially those last two years, he basically said he didn't care about mm-hmm. recruiting. I think he, I think he knew the direction he was going and just literally quit.
0: Well, like, it, and not to be in a bad way, but like it's kind of just seemed like his personal life was like that too. Like, oh you know, yeah, things with his wife kind of spiral. You start hearing some rumors about him being a drunk idiot on golf courses, and it just kind of seemed to get worse. Yeah, and even after he got fired, I heard him just hanging out downtown at the bars and just getting ch- wasted. It's like, get your life together, man. I mean, granted, you got millions of dollars, but I feel yeah. bad for the guy. But I, I'm curious if he ends – I wonder if Frost ends up – There was a lot of rumors of him being coach at USF. I'm curious if that's going to happen.
2: No, they – I'm pretty sure they hired someone already. Mm. Um, He was the coach for the U.S. Army Bowl this past weekend, uh, just like top high school recruits, I believe gotcha um i would guess he probably takes a year off kind of tries to get his life in order hopefully and uh, shows back up as an offensive coordinator offensive coordinator and maybe a head coach in the future somewhere else
0: yeah maybe he can go back to youngstown state <laughs> 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 uh, and then probably lsu from there of course that just seems to be i cool. mean
2: alabama they, their fans didn't really care for Bill O'Brien, so he would, he could coach a heck of an offense, like credit, do, you know, credit where credit's due. If he had an actual line, his plays most of the time were that terrible. So I'd, I'd be interested to see what he would look like, you know, coordinating for like a team like Alabama where you have all the talent. I mean, he did good at Oregon, so. I will
1: will say there's one thing that Hunter, and I didn't actually realize it until Hunter pointed it out and I started watching the games. I, Frost's ability to, and I even noticed it with Joseph, their abilities to uh, make second half adjustments on both sides of the ball uh, were kind of disappointing. That was like, I actually didn't even notice it until you said it, and then I watched. It was probably those last two yeah. games for Frost, and then I yep. started thinking about how many games we lost in the fourth quarter, and I was like, I mean, yeah,
2: well, you just... it wasn't even sec- It wasn't even second half adjustments. I mean, it was in season adjustments. Yeah. Why? Why did we lose to an Illinois team with a new head coach after all offseason to you know plan for them? Same. Same deal with a crappy Northwestern team. Mm-hmm. You know, it just. Oh, we're, right. we're, but we're, we're, we're moving on. We're moving on. We've got a new coach. <laughs> yeah. He just brought a four-star Florida transfer in at linebacker just now, like last ten minutes. How you, oh, nice. so, I see right. so there we there you go, bringing that bringing them Florida guys up here. So. What's
0: your uh, What's your thoughts on Sims from yeah, Georgia
2: that's Tech? I
1: was gone too.
2: Well, Casey Thompson confirmed that he's coming back. Um, mm.
1: He is. He's. He's
2: saying the right things. He's saying that, uh, you know, I understand that you need a competent backup, and he's not afraid of any competition. So I think Sim, he has uh, three years to play to. He probably will be backup, I would assume. But competition is never a bad thing. If it pushes Casey to be better, we'll have a better team. Yeah, Yeah.
0: absolutely. That makes me wonder if Logan Smothers is going to stay around him. He's got to get fixed up. He's not going to play spring ball, but... I wonder if he, are, he's
2: one of those guys that zips out. We're we're gonna lose some quarterbacks. We're over our scholarship limit and we you know we've got Torres, we've got Hein or Heinrich Harburg, Smothers, Purdy. Uh one or two of them guys probably gonna move on somewhere else.
0: Purdy's Purdy's gotta go. Sorry. I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> I know some people do, but I do I don't like his play. He just he just seems like he's scared every time he's playing.
2: <laughs> well, uh, I mean he, he didn't have a line, so I'd be well, scared. He yeah, had no
1: line and got thrown <laughs> as a, thrown in as a third string quarterback for half a game. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no. Step in, step up. Hey. What's
0: his what's that name of that uh, San Francisco quarterback? Uh
2: Brock Purdy.
1: That's
0: my bro. yeah. brother. Yeah. He's got a Purdy up. <laughs> Wait. You're saying if, that's for his real? For no, that's his, for real. For his brother? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently his brother's got all the balls, and he not His doesn't. brother, honestly, I if he hadn't played for Iowa State, he probably, had, you could have seen him in a Heisman conversation. Hmm. And even at Iowa State, he had quite some remarkable Like snaps. I said, is like, okay, you got Brock Purdy, and then
0: you got Bubba Purdy, like, Apparently, Bubba's got, he didn't get the balls of the family,
1: unfortunately. I will say, not to totally swing the whole conversation of this, but man, what a mess at quarterback for the 49ers because <laughs> they have a decision going into next year. Because looking at the way it is right now, I'd get rid of Trey Lance, but that's just me. I think, <laughs> I think, uh, I think the Bears need to pick
0: up Trey Lance. I need you to quit talking about the Bears. You, I, hey,
1: I have done nothing to you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I give him crap about the Bears all the time, and I've been talking shit about uh, Justin Fields. He's like, Justin Fields has played so good the last he three has games. He
1: played really well. He, Five touchdowns for He's got 1,000 yards rushing, which I don't like for a quarterback, but yes. he also doesn't have an offensive line. That offensive line might as well be like, yeah, he needs, he needs an
2: offensive line and a few more receivers.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I did not like us trading for Chase Claypool. I've never liked Chase Claypool, but it is what it is. I No, no, we're done with that because we'll go off on okay, a tangent that's here. Okay, that's fine. We'll okay, so
0: <laughs> what it, what's, uh, Mal, what's your thoughts about Malachi Coleman out of Lincoln East? You think he's going to make it back or is he
2: going to go to Colorado? Well, we should find out tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow's early signing day. I'm guessing he signs with Nebraska. You think so? so? Going out. Yeah, I, I'm guessing we see some. Uh, we have some surprises on the recruiting trail tomorrow. I you know I,
0: I will say that I'm very excited to see that Matt Rule has gotten. He has been able to get a slew of like good, like solid three stars and a couple four stars. And technically, you know, it's it's funny how, like, so many of these recruits either, like, somewhat know each other because they've been in, like, you know, those, a- a- those a- games. AU stuff. Yeah, they they show up to those, um, what do they call them again? Like, college, I don't know, whatever, those games that they play. And so, like, a, no- a lot of those guys know each other, and it's weird how the psychology works when a school starts getting a few recruits, and next thing you know, there's just, like, a... Just boom, the dam breaks, and a bunch of them end up in one spot.
1: Yeah, you just gotta get people that want to play together.
0: It's funny how that works, but I the other thing that makes me worried about Malachi is there was a rumor that was going around that he was getting a lot of shit from Nebraska fans for decommitting and then going and looking at Colorado because I mean we hate Colorado. But. Well,
1: everybody. The problem is, I think we just need to relax on everybody who's talking about Colorado right now because yeah. Deion Sanders is not going to be able to take in that many people. Like, yeah, he can get a bunch of commits, but as soon as all these commits want to, you know, they get to eligibility. I'm going to
0: say it. I'm going to say right now, I think Colorado is going to be the dark horse, of the Big 12 next year.
1: They're in the Pac 12, so that's not. Did they move the Pac 12? Yeah, they've been in the Pac 12. They actually, with UCLA and. Uh, Ucs leaving the Pac-12 in two years. Uh, Colorado won that. I guarantee it. I bet. So. I'm gonna
2: go the opposite, and I'm gonna say Colorado crashes and burns.
1: Really, you think so? I. What What has Dion shown? He can
2: recruit, but as far as I'm concerned, he's all flash, no substance. I'll he give, can get I, guys in there, and he relies on that talent to he talents other teams, and he just lost granted in overtime to another HBCU in his last game. So you can't just, you can't just out talent teams, especially at Colorado, but in like power five football, like you've got to have a system that, you know, caters to that talent and you got to develop it even more.
1: I won't disagree with that. I I definitely would say there's, I'll agree with the flashiness. Deion Sanders been flashy since he was in college. So, <laughs> I mean, he literally, Ed, man, might be one of the cockiest people alive. But um, so flash, flash, is, I understand that, um, and I, I would, I do have some concerns from him coming from you know a Division two school. But I don't know. He's, I do believe that in college they like though yes coaching does come into effect um i do think that there is a level of um if you can get the right talent at the right time and you win and you start to look really really good and people are making it to the nfl um i think you just get people that want to come i know a lot of people would disagree with me on this I think that's all Lincoln Riley. Don't get me wrong. He really can get a quarterback into the Heisman, but man can't pick defensive players to save his life. And now he's just got Heisman quarterbacks coming that fail in the NFL most of the time. And they just bring wide receivers because the wide receivers want to get to the NFL. His well, wide receivers do pretty well in the NFL.
0: I agree with you, and I think that USC's really like They're going to struggle in the Big Ten. Because the type of play we have here is totally different than the Pac-12, and
1: you can't. The problem is in in the Big Ten, you can't rely on shootouts. You have yeah. to have some form of defense.
0: I agree. I really don't think USC is going to bode well. I mean, no, if you're I thinking don't. about playing, I mean, it seems like Illinois is this kind of emerging team. I, you know, you think of Illinois, you're thinking of I think Wisconsin with Luke Fickle, which I want to ask you about that in a minute, and then. Yeah, we have a differing opinion. Ohio State, Michigan. I hope Michigan State comes back cuz I always liked them, but they just I hope st-
1: they do do too cuz <clears> they <throat> gave their coach a massive contract last year just for him to like, go 5 and 7.
0: Cuz Mark Dantonio, I always liked him. I just liked him as a he coach. He was good.
1: I, but that's one of those situations where I think he got the right players one, yeah. now he doesn't have the right players. He's looking really bad.
0: Yeah. But okay. USC they're gonna suck. No, I'm just kidding. They'll be good, but not nah, I don't know that'll be good. They'll a, be good, but they're not it, gonna win the conference. It wouldn't
1: surprise me if Riley gets a little exposed in the Big Ten.
0: I agree. So let's jump to this. Matt, you and I had a lot of conversations. In your opinion, what have you picked, Matt Rule or Luke Fickle? Ooh, that's a
2: great question. Woohoo. I think I would have gone – I still think I would have gone rule. I think Bickle hasn't shown much as a developer. I mean, Cincinnati, you, you look at their track history beforehand, you had – who was it? They had Brian Kelly. He took them to uh, an undefeated season, that, and then they ended up getting beat by Florida after he left. Uh, Butch Jones even took them to some really good seasons. So they had the talent. They had a history – a recent history of winning, Um, not to saying that, I mean, he took a G5 team to the playoffs, which is unheard of, which is a huge, huge accomplishment. But for where Nebraska and Wisconsin are currently, I think both teams probably got the right hire what they need because Nebraska is a rebuild. Wisconsin wasn't near as bad off as we currently are. Now, if, if uh, you know if we're if we're talking coming off of Polini or something, and Fickle had been coaching beforehand, then maybe Fickle would have fit the mold better. But currently, I think I think we need a coach like Rule.
0: See, I I agree. It's it's hard for me because I agree on some points, I disagree on others. One of the main reasons why I like Luke Fickle for Nebraska a little bit better than Rule is that I felt like Luke would have a really good place for his recruiting base. Like He obviously has a very well-established uh, recruiting base in the northern states like Wisconsin, um, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and that area where those players tend to do better in the northern states playing against you know Big Ten teams. Whereas Rural is more Texas-based and Florida-based. That's what concerns me is because you get these kids coming from warm states that come to Nebraska, freeze their butt off, and then they end up going back. And that's that's one of my main concerns, and one of the reasons I like Luke is because of his recruiting base.
2: Look, look. First but of see, all... Oh, Nebraska's always recruited nationally. I mean, Tommy Fraser was from Florida, yeah. right? So that I, I get the cold weather and it definitely is a factor for some kids. Um, and we, you know, you, you want tougher kids to come play here. Um, you know, I, I would hope that just a little bit of temperature some days, like personally, you know, I'd like, li- I like the cold. I'd rather have that than a hundred degrees and humidity like that's in the South, but Amen. that's, you know, that's, that's up to the individual. um, so I, I don't know. I would think more of the reason like for frost where all the Florida players are transferring, I think that's more just because they got here and they might've been sold something that wasn't accurate or uh, who, who knows, who knows what goes on behind the scenes. And, you know, distance from home is definitely a big factor and that doesn't matter if they're from Florida or Washington or California or who, you know, wherever um, it's, if if they're far from home and you know they get homesick which definitely happens I mean they're just kids we a lot of people forget that that yeah these players are only 17 18 even transfers are in their lower 20s you know that they're they're very uh you know they can they can change their minds on a whim so there's there's all kind of reasons why a player might move out but where you know, I was a bunch of florida players that moved out um or like left under frost makes me wonder if there wasn't something else kind of going on behind the scenes rather than just cold weather.
0: Well, I think there's, I think that was a part of it. Um, I think one thing that really spoke to me was an announcer saying more or less like his comment was Nebraska under frost never had an identity. It was constantly changing because we were just grasping at straws at first. When Frost came in, his his remark was, I want to play in an offense where the Big Ten has to figure out how to stop me. I'm not going to play the way Big Ten plays. I want to play my own way and make sure they come to us. And I don't think Frost ever had the O-line to be able to do that in a flashy way. Whereas Rule, no. I think, exactly. understands what the Big Ten is and is going to be play a style Big Ten in a way that wins. You know, he he plays yeah. in a more cultural way. Yeah. So I I do look like that. I do like that idea. I just, I really hope, in that, you know, like in your cautious support, like my big thing is I, I think Rule can do a good job, and I think that's why he's done good at Temple and Baylor is that he was able to find an identity with both of those teams, and I hope that he can do that with Nebraska. Because I don't, other than Bo Pelini's defenses, I can't remember the last time we really had an identity, other than maybe Nebraska, Calabasas, or Calabrasca, Calabrasca. It's like the last <laughs> time I've really heard anything culturally, you know.
2: But yeah, but I mean, even like offensively, what what did Frost do? What did Frost do well? You can't, no one, no one can tell you because <laughs> we didn't really do anything well. <laughs> no. Um, you know, under Polini, we had, we had that identity. We had, we like, we, we kind of knew more what we were going to do. Even under Riley. Yeah. We were more pass heavy, but we had an identity under frost. Like you said, we're just kind of going, just trying to throw whatever at the wall and see what sticks. So if, if rule can come in here with an eye, fit offensive identity and a defensive identity and you know be tough tough nosed um, really good line play and be a developmental program I think we're going to be sitting just fine
0: well I hope you're
1: right I hope you're right (laughs) what do you think Jeremy Uh, are we still talking about fickle or are we talking about just in general the uh I mean I'm along the same lines part of the reason I liked rule so much is because he did build two really bad um schools to I mean I believe if I remember right that Baylor team was the Big 12 championship away from being in the um playoffs that year if I remember correctly yeah um and I know you and I have talked about his uh bowl record not being that great which who have we had recently I mean even Bo Pelini was what about 50% Yeah. Um, I just want to be in a bowl okay? well yeah see but when it comes to the fickle conversation I know I'm jumping around I know we both like I liked fickle but the big reason I liked him was I was uh, I wanted to bring a defensive minded coach yeah. a little bit because I do think defense is important in the Big Ten but I fear with fickle is his offenses have never, like, they've been all right. Yeah. I don't think his, like, depending on who he'd bring as an offensive coordinator, I don't know. I don't I don't know that I would rely on that side of the ball as much as I would the defensive side of the ball under him. Yeah. Now, who knows? Personally, I actually think Fickle regret leaving Cincinnati. Because he, he's one of those coaches that literally built, built something, and now he left it to try and build something else with another school, another school that's losing people left and right. Yeah. Um, and I think that they're gonna look really bad, and it's kind of gonna be like this. Uh, the Frost effect was UCF took that team to thirteen and zero. They beat Auburn in the Sugar Bowl that year crushed him too and then he came up here um we had all these high expectations got off to a really bad start he looked really really bad as a coach and he never picked back up i i, I my fear is that that could happen with fickle um but we we'll
2: see. see that that's a that's a great point there too um just yeah i kind, kind of like frosty you know he looked good at the g5 level but he's never coached I guess fickle was the interim coach when the last time Nebraska beat Ohio state, actually, they went, I think six and seven that year, uh, which that was kind of a weird year. So I don't really throw that in with his, you know, I don't hold that against him or anything like that. But the system that fickle runs is a stark contrast to what Wisconsin usually does. You know, the hard nose run, run it down your throat kind of offense. Pickles doesn't do that as much. He's, and maybe he'll change to fit that personnel, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, w- Wisconsin, if they're going to more of a, I don't know, more of a spread offense or, you know, maybe throw the ball around a little bit more.
1: Yeah. With Wisconsin too. I actually was shocked that they went to fickle because of his defensive minded coaching and his hard nose playing. But, um, because w- one of Wisconsin's biggest issues for the last couple of years has been a lack of offense. I mean, for the last two or three seasons, they've been going back and forth between like two or three quarterbacks a year. They can't. And it's not just from injuries. They've had years where they can't decide who they want to play. And I just I don't know. I think they. I'm surprised they didn't go like super offensively minded, but
0: mm. I don't know. I think they'll work out. I think it'll take a couple of years to get the Kings out because I think they had a really strong identity with Paul Chris, and I think there's a lot of players that really loved him as a coach, and I think that they're going to struggle because of the loss. But I I think I think Luke's going to do a good job at Wisconsin. They've right. got enough recruiting base. They've got enough. Uh, they've, they definitely got a good brand. I just – the big question for – me moving forward is and it's going to become a huge issue out of the 13,000 like D1 football players a thousand of them have hit the transfer window this year
1: oh there's a crazy amount of kids so there. and there's still like every day you hear about more people hitting the transfer
0: so with that being said like the NAL and the transfer window is going to be something that every coach which I think this is something that Saban's really struggling with now
1: yeah oh he, he complained about it all year
0: You know, it's just one of those things where, yeah, he might be able to bring in 23 four-stars and, like, three or four five-stars. It doesn't matter if they don't stick around. And I think that a coach that really understands how to manipulate the transfer window, I shouldn't say manipulate it, how to use it to his advantage is really going to become, you know, I think Nick Saban, if you look at the last 10 years, is the best one of the best there ever has been, but for sure the best coach in the last 15 to 20 years. But I think there's going to be a new coach that's going to emerge now that we're in, I would say the post, post, not post, in the NIL transfer window, which I could see them changing it to an effect, but like now that we're in a new era, I think there's going to be a new coach that emerges that really becomes a new prominent coach that understands Best to use it to his advantage.
1: I don't disagree. I mean I I will say though uh, sorry, I gotta touch on Sabin because first of all I hate Alabama. But um Saban, yes, very fantastic I mean he's amazing coach. Thank God God they're not
0: in the playoffs. Amen. Thank God.
1: Oh my goodness. When TCU lost, (laughs) I was did you you must I don't know if you were on that hunt after T C U lost. I literally looked at Jared, and I went, did you see that TCU lost? Because the hunt before, I was like, if TCU loses and Alabama squeezes in, I'm going to lose my mind. (laughs) Because it's happened like three years where they've squeezed in for some stupid reason. But um, Saban's a fantastic coach, and he built something for him. And there's a phrase that I keep hearing. The reason he's so mad about the whole transfer portal is because he's been you know, gray-shirting, quote-unquote, all these kids, committing them giving them whole, you'll play, but, you know, you'll only play one year. That's why you see so many, like, breakout wide receivers there because they've been sitting on the bench. But now, like, players don't want to do that anymore. Like, especially with the transfer and with NIL. Like, they know they can go other places and either, A, make money or at least be playing.
0: Well, you think you say, like, a four- or five-star wide receiver and I can... Either sit on the bench for two years, or I can make two hundred fifty thousand at Wisconsin. A two hundred fifty thousand could make mean a huge difference to your family. Yeah, and so you know, being them, these you call them kids. They really are kids. That or go to like a school like USC, UCLA, and make like big bucks in the UN or NIL. Heck yeah! Like I don't know how long I'm going to be able to play this sport.
1: But see, I I'll finish it by saying. I do think at some point there's going to be changes that come to the NIL. I do agree that there will be a coach that will learn to uh, take advantage of it. I actually think the coach that – and it will keep him from really getting exposed, in my opinion. I think that coach is Lincoln Riley currently yeah, um, because he literally brought half of Oklahoma with him to um, uh, UCS and then picked up that really good wide receiver from – uh, Pittsburgh, yep. I can't remember. It's like Aitman or something like that. But, um. But I think the coaches that are going to start to excel as kids are just constantly moving and not gelling with systems are going to be the de- developmental guys. Yep. Like, and this part of the reason I'm so interested in rules because he has shown, proven that he can take teams and develop them. Yeah. And like, I mean, yeah. Do I think? I mean, in no way do I think we're going to be a ten win ten win team next year, but I think sure. we'll we'll hit that five hundred mark, potentially get into a bowl, because I think that there's I do think there are pieces at Nebraska. Yeah. Would have I would have I'd, cut off my left arm uh, for uh, Palmer to stay one more year, but that didn't happen. See
2: my my expectations for next year are like three nine, four and eight.
1: Um, Think so? I haven't even looked at our schedule. Just, uh, we
2: okay. We have an easy schedule. Uh, well, I, I say easy schedule. We have we have yes. an easier schedule, Easy-ish schedule, whatever you want to say.
1: We have the big um, easy schedule.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll I'll run through because I pulled up. Uh, in August, we got Minnesota. This is the big one. Like, I don't care if we win any other games, but this one is the one we have to win for me. I'm going to lose it. September 9th, Colorado.
1: See, unfortunately, I with Deion Sanders, I don't think we beat Colorado because I think he's just going to tap too much raw talent that he's brought in.
2: I, I don't, I don't know. I, I think we can. I mean, this is a team that went one and eleven. I don't care how much raw talent you bring in. Like that's true. You've yeah. got to install your system, and this is the second. Well, it's their first home game. They open their season at PCU next year.
1: So, oh, that's
2: and I would hope that Folsom Field is painted red again
1: like it was a few
2: years back. If you heard that
1: Colorado's already begging all their, like, residents to buy tickets for that? Yeah. Like, make sure that yeah. Nebraska doesn't, like, buy all the tickets? <laughs> oh, I saw that, man. <laughs> Okay,
0: so Colorado, Northern Illinois, Louisiana Tech, Michigan, Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue, Michigan State, Maryland, Wisconsin, Iowa. So let's run through that. I think winnable games. I think Minnesota, P.J. is going to whoop her butt. Uh, Colorado, very winnable. Illinois is winnable. Louisiana Tech, winnable. Michigan, we crushed. Illinois, I think Illinois is going to be too good next year. We're going to lose. Northwestern.
2: They did, they did lose their coordinator. They lost their defensive coordinator at Illinois.
1: That's a that's a that's big a loss. big loss and I also thought they were kind of on the verge of like fake news a little bit at times. Mm. They really like after they played us they kind of They busted struggled. out but
0: then they really struggled but it's also it's like it's his first year too. Yeah, but um Illinois Northwestern's definitely winnable they still suck. Purdue it's they're definitely like their coach is doing a good job building their program.
2: They can They have a new consistent. head
1: coach. Oh, they got a new head coach this last year. Their their new
2: head coach is Illinois' old uh, defensive coordinator. Okay,
1: okay.
0: Um, Michigan State, I think, is winnable. Maryland, I think, is winnable. Wisconsin, I don't know. You never know how Luke's. We're gonna
1: circle that game. You and me are gonna watch that game together. And then Iowa, fickle debate.
0: (laughs) Iowa picked up uh, Michigan's quarterback. They did. Yeah. (laughs) The
2: but backup. they lost all their wide receivers the backup
0: really yep and then oh, they also they also lost, lost that uh is it the linebacker or that um yeah
2: i think think it is that oh. senior they that lost really they good. lost a lot iowa has in the transfer portal
0: already. i, I yep. think uh, i think it's I think, I think there's a win there i think you can win I'm i think you, you will
2: say. so i i would put our ceiling at 7 but oh, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm based on rules track record. Granted, this was before NIL and before the transfer portal, I'm going to still go, I'm going to go four and eight. That's what I said this year for frost. So I'm going to, you know, keep low expectations and hope to be um, exceeded, I guess.
0: I would say <laughs> I would, I would agree with the four and eight with the, the hoped in off I should say, The Jeremy optimism. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Of I think six or seven games are winnable. I was to say
1: my optimistic uh, self. Yeah,
2: Yeah, it it real. I mean, and we're we're talking about this, you know, months. Well, what is it? Nine months away now. Yeah, and we don't even know what the team's going to look like. There's, we've got national signing day tomorrow. We've got the second one in February. We've got the transfer portals after the spring. You know, so who knows who else we're going to get and who else is going to leave. Yeah. So <laughs> yep. it, it, it really, like, ask me again in August. We'll oh. we'll see. <laughs> Very true. All
0: right. We'll have to bring you back on before teal season anyway because, well, teal season. <laughs> I <laughs> just hope we get some rain by then.
2: Yeah, no kidding. But
0: All right, Matt. Go ahead and shout your stuff off before we get out of here. That way people know where to find you again.
2: Yeah. So once again, uh, YouTube, High Prairie Sportsman, same on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, and yeah, perfect. And uh, the follow podcast.
0: Do you know? Do you know if Ben has released his second kids book yet?
2: It was supposed to be out, but I haven't. I don't know. I have talked to
0: him, but uh, if anybody has listened to the podcast of the past, uh, Ben he. Used to do stuff with Matt on the foul front. I know he still kind of comes on with you once in a while, but came out with a kid's book. I think it's on foul front outdoors.com. Uh, it's named my first deer hunt it was the first one. I don't know if he's got the second one out off to ask him, but check that out to you. So Matt, I appreciate you spending some time and talking Husker football with us. Yeah. That's a fun time. So we'll have to have, have to have you back on to chat and talk about, uh, Football for get the season started and teal season because I hope to goodness we get some rain. But even if we get some rain, I think you're probably gonna end up seeing Jeremy and I in the West. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> don't like to. Fall well, I'm going sports. to I'm going to Jeremy's uh, spot tomorrow.
1: So, ah, well, uh, dude, don't do how, me like this because uh, Dane, <laughs> Dane's sitting right here. He's about let us, to get me. Let airport. us
0: know how long it takes us or takes you to finish that greenhead limit.
2: I was really well. No, no, no. Jer- so Jeremy, like. When we were hunting down yesterday or last weekend, he was we were messaging each other back and forth and he's like, Oh, we could have shot all these green wings and I was like, Really? Oh,
1: yeah. oh, you're going to my spot down there. Or are you
2: I don't know. I'm I'm going to a new spot I've never been to and I'm looking mainly for green wing teal. If I shoot green heads too, great, but I really want to shoot green wings.
1: Have you ever have you ever hunted where I do? no you should you should try it sometime um I should message you this instead of saying it on the podcast so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah or, do that or uh stay on and we'll I'll, uh, yeah just stay on for a few minutes after this <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right I'll sign us out uh thanks everybody for listening to bigger Hunter podcast I appreciate you and uh sign off see you later